0: Thank you, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We're going to be in Hebrews this morning. If you have a a Bible, you can start turning to Hebrews chapter 4. I don't know if if any of you noticed that uh, last week, two of the pastors who will go unnamed... Uh, wore polos, and they didn't tell me that they were going to wear polos, so I didn't have my polo. So I have my polo today, Sovereign Grace polo, uh, and they don't. (laughs) (coughs) Okay, so so we're going to be in God's Word this morning. In Hebrews, I'll read the text first and then pray for the preaching of God's Word. Usually I highlight the text that I'm reading, and I've, I've got this Bible that I bought because it's got really large text, and I bought one for Mark too because we're getting old, and, uh, and we need large text, and so anytime I preach on God's Word, I highlight, which I enjoy doing, and I can go through and I see all the places where I've, I have preached, preached from, I preached from, um, so it's pretty cool, but I forgot to do it this time, so I, now I have to look for that particular text that I have to preach from. And so I found it now, so we're we're ready to to read, okay? All right. God's Word says this. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart and no creature is hidden from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account father god as we as we dive into your text this morning i ask lord that as it has done for me this these past weeks as I've studied this text that it will enlighten us to your love and affection for us. Although this text is still a warning, for us it can also be love, loving, grace, and mercy. So help us, Father, as we as we Go through your word, Father, to help us to see that, help that to, to enter our hearts, to pierce us, to joints and marrow, to soul and spirit, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So like I said in our text, in my prayer, our text, um, although in its context is, is negative, uh, for those who are rebellious and fleeing him, um, or who would flee him as, as previous verses have spoken about. Uh, remember, remember um, um, ever since uh, chapter 3, verse 7, it's been, it's been giving us, Hebrews author has been giving us a warning. In verse 7 it starts, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says... This is God's Word speaking to us, God's God's Holy Spirit talking to us, God Himself speaking. He says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. We've been hearing about finding rest in him. We heard that last week. So this text, it continues throughout with this warning, this, the, the, the warning in chapters 3 and 4. And like I said, as we start, I saw last week, which, which ended in a call to strive for rest. Strive for rest, which in itself is a, is a warning to us. Strive reach for that rest, strive, work for it. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And he was speaking about the disobedience that was highlighted in Psalm 95 as well as in Numbers when when the Israelites were, were complaining, grumbling. And God said, no man shall enter that land which I am going to give them. They were disobedient. And God said, they shall not enter. They shall not enter my rest. Hebrews has been pleading with us since chapter 3, verse 7. Hear his voice. Take care. Lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. He says, Exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. Warnings. You better watch out, you better not cry better not pout, I'm telling you why. That's that's a different story. (laughs) Different story. And even our text this morning, our text this morning is still another warning. But it also has, it also has broad, positive application. Broad, positive application. In so much as, as it's important to see and understand the warning, it's, it's also good to see how this text, it's also good to see how God's word can affect us in a gracious and merciful way. Like in verse 11, heeding us, strive for rest in Him, strive for that rest. The gracious and merciful way this text informs us is by making plain to us His Word. The warning of the text to the rebellious on one hand and the grace and mercy to those who have been called and are being called to Him on the other. So we're going to look at both this morning. The warning... And the grace-filled positive application for our souls. My title for my message this morning, since it wasn't in the email that that you got, I was a little late in getting the title to Savannah, and and she was not going to send out another email for for me, but, uh, you know, so. So this morning's uh, title is um, The Power of God's Word. The power of God's word, and, and we're going to look at at four reasons not to disregard God's word. The word of God is is living and active, penetrating, discerning, and reckoning. Living and active, penetrating, discerning, and reckoning. So let's begin. Point number one: God God's word is living and active. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. Tells us plain as the text on the paper. For the word of God is living and active. It's living and active because it endures forever. Here's some texts for you. So it's living and active because it endures forever. Psalms 119.89 Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. It's living and active because God's word has been breathed out by God himself. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture. I love how it starts this verse. It doesn't say um, just the books of the Bible that are in the Old Testament uh, at the very beginning and maybe in the middle, some of Psalms, maybe Job. No, no, no. no. It says all Scripture. That means all of this, all of God's Word, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's word is living and active because it is God himself, and he is a living God. Look at these verses, Hebrews 3, 12. We saw that a couple of weeks ago. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Psalm 42, 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 84, 2, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. In 2 Corinthians 6.16 for we are the temple of the living God. So clear. God is not a dead God that we make a statue of and pray to. A statue of, of bronze or silver or gold. No, God is living. He's in our hearts and he's in This word, the Bible, all of Scripture, all of Scripture. God is alive and active. And if the Word of God endures forever and has been breathed out by Him and is Him and He is the living God, then His Word is also alive and active. And not only is His Word living and active, it's effective. It's effective to do what God intends for it to do. Here's another verse, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. This is God speaking. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word set to accomplish that which he purposes and succeed in the thing that which he sent it out. This is God's living word for us to cherish and use. Now this is a warning to those who are rebellious because it will condemn them. He will cut them. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Have you ever been around someone who is, who is really rebellious towards God? In fact, all unbelievers are rebellious toward God. You and I, you and I were rebellious before turning to Jesus for salvation. And even still... Because of our sinful heart we can be rebellious. This text is for us as well. There are all types of people who are rebellious and this text is a warning, a warning to those who are rebellious. There are unbelievers who say they're not a Christian. They don't believe in Jesus, they don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They They may even say that they're not even sure that there is a God. Or they may say, ah, yeah, I believe that there's a God, but perhaps they don't believe in the word of God because they haven't read the living word. So they don't know that they must be saved. This text is a warning to them. There are unbelievers who will never be saved, but they're just living their life unaware of their condition, They don't have an act of hatred for someone who is a Christian, someone who believes in Jesus Christ. This text is a warning to them too. There are types of people who may have a conversation with you about your beliefs or maybe even argue against your beliefs, but but they're okay with you believing what you believe and me believing or they believing what they believe. This is a text to to them. This is a text that is a warning to them. There are those who would actively seek you out. To shout in your face. Or put up their hand to stop you when you try to share your faith. "Ah, No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't talk to me about that mumbo-jumbo. This text is a warning to them. There are those who call themselves Christians but they're only playing as christians never never really believing that they need a savior maybe they grew up in the in their parents church and never made the gospel their own this is a, is this is a warning to them as well and there are the christians who at times may fall into rebellion because maybe god has put them in a, in some trial and, and they're weak and they don't know yet how to seek God and rely on, on Him for all things, this text is a warning for them as well. This text is a warning to them because it speaks into their lives. This text speaks into our lives. Therefore the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow in discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It speaks into their lives, and they know it to be so. And that's why they can't stand to read or to hear God's word. It exposes them. It shines a light on the rebellion. It makes them aware of their sin. It may even begin to make them feel guilty, but they don't want any part of that. They don't want to feel guilty. They don't want to feel bad about themselves. They don't want to know that they've sinned against the Holy God, and that they must pay for their disobedience. And so what do they do? They turn and run as fast as they can stop you from sharing your beliefs, because you're only pointing out their faults and failure. They don't want any of that. They want none of that, because they're rebellious and turning from God, and God's Word, like a two-edged sword, pierces them. Regardless of the type of unbeliever or for those who say they're Christian but are just pretending to be Christians, this text is a warning. Lest you end up as those who fell in disobedience and were not allowed to enter God's rest. Last week, Pastor Todd talked about entering God's rest and the rest that it would be Oh what joy, what comfort that rest is. Now for those who have salvation in Jesus Christ, who are not relying on their own merits, but on the merits of of the one who was perfectly sinless and are actively seeking to kill sin in their life, this this text is grace and mercy it will bring them comfort. Maybe not initially, because none of us likes to get cut. Nobody likes to get cut. Nobody likes to, to have their, their, their soul opened up to the, the failures, the sin that they have. But eventually the cut will heal. And they will be better off. The cut's The cuts hone them. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut away that which is no good, perfecting us into the image of Christ until the day of Christ when we will be made whole and perfect, seated at his table in the heavenly places, rejoicing and worshiping our God forever and ever. Oh, man, what a day. This text should not make us fearful, but bring us joy. Yes, the Word of God is living and active by reading it, by studying it, by listening to it. It will bring you and me wisdom and comfort. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that I, that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paraphrasing 2 Timothy 3. See, this is is the positive application of the text. That it is alive and active. That's good news for us. It'll help us can change us, can teach us, it can, it can bring us reproof and correction. I know that may be difficult, but it's a good thing. And that it can, t- it can train us in righteousness. God's, God's word is living and active, and we should put it in our, in our hearts so that we can keep it close to us for these positive, life-giving things. The word of God is living and active. The word of God is, is penetrating. Point number two, God's word is penetrating. 12b, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow. Here is, here is a demonstration of the power of God's word. The power to cut through to the deepest part of us. The deepest part of us. The power to bring conviction because it is able to cut deep into us, even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's interesting to read the description of how powerful this living and active word is. Sharper than any two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. If if you think about it, most swords, knives, most cutting devices, whatever, are are single-edged. You've got a sharp edge on one side and and a blunt edge on the other. If you've ever tried to to cut into a a cardboard box, you know, you stab the box and you begin to cut. And if if you want to cut up, you can't. You just, it won't cut at all because it's blunt, right? You can cut down but you can't cut up but with a two-edged sword both sides are sharpened and they go through and slide through so easily because both sides are cutting and you can cut up and you can cut down this is the importance you know it's it, this text is just it's just throwing out all those knives that are single-bladed you're just throwing them out right at the beginning This knife here, sharper than, this word, sharper than any two-edged sword. You think of the sharpest two-edged sword? This word is sharper than that. Sharper than that. Able to cut and divide, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, cleanly and surgically dividing. But it's never pleasant. You have to face the facts. It's not pleasant to be told about your sin or or to be shown your sin. It's not pleasant. During my cancer treatment, I had three times that I had to um, experience a procedure called bone marrow aspirations. This is where they stick a needle into your hip. Mark, don't listen if you're you're getting a little woozy here. But they they stick. Two of the times, I I was put under. The the doctor, the surgeon asked me, hey, we're going to do this. We we need to do this procedure. Take out some bone marrow. This is what we need to do. Yada, yada, yada. Do you want to be put under? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) put me under. And they did put me under. I was out. 20 minutes was it was over. They, were, Mr. Lovano, wake up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's over already. Wow, that was great. The second time, same thing. You know, put me under. Yes. The third time, they the oncologist must not have heard that I wanted to be put under, and so I get there for the appointment, and uh, and the uh, the practitioner who was going to do the pr- procedure said, "Okay, you're going to lie down here," and and there was nothing. No, no, no. No IVs, no nothing for me. There was just a, bla- a plain uh, bed, and I started getting a little nervous. Uh, where's Where's the? Aren't you going to put me under? Um, no. Did you want to be put under? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh well, I'm sorry. We'd have We'd have to put in the order for that, and there's no time. But we're going to give you a local, so um, so that'll help a little bit. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> you know, they start the procedure and oh, it's not so bad at first, you know, everything's going and and they, they she says, okay, we're going to get through the bone now. We got through the bone and hey, I, I could do that. That was the hurt, but I could do that. And she says, now I need for you to take a deep breath and when I say now, just start to push the breath out because this is going to be a little painful and she began to say, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, because she knew. That woman knew, <laughs> oh my goodness. And she says, okay, now, and I'm, oh, I couldn't take a breath, and I was already out of breath, and I couldn't, and then she was saying, okay, we're doing good, we're doing good. 15 more seconds, and and, and to me it sounded like 15 more seconds, and I hear the clock going, chick, chick, ten more, we're almost there, oh, the pain, the pain, and she pulls it out, and she says, I hope we got enough, she says, we have to send it to two different places, and we have to make sure that we got enough, so we're going to measure it. And she goes back and says, We got enough. Oh, it was not a good experience. God's word to pierce you to the joint and marrow is not pleasant. The warning here is that God's word will cut you to the bone. There's no sedative you can take. There's no local numbing serum they can give you. There's no preventing the deepness of the cut. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it, it is active to cut deep into you. It's a penetrating cut. The idea of God's word being sharper than any two-edged sword is that it is able to penetrate deep into you. There is nothing in you that can stop its cut. Nothing in you that can stop the cutting, penetrating presence of God's word. And all of God's word is penetrating. Not just this text, not just the text before it, not just psalms, but all of God's word, all scripture is breathed out by God. Every word of God that goes out from his mouth, all of scripture is meant to accomplish that which he purposes and shall succeed in the thing for which he sent it. It is God speaking to us through Scripture. This is his will for us. Scripture is his will. It is his word. Therefore, it is his will for us. His spoken word. And for the rebellious, it is a penetrating, painful cut, able to pierce to the division of soul and spirit of joints and of marrow for true hearers for true hearers of his word who invite his cut it's an opportunity for God to gloriously cut away that which does not glorify him enabling perfected healing doesn't mean it doesn't hurt the marrow they took out of me which hurts was sent to two different places, and it came back revealing no cancer. Praise God. Praise God. Enabling perfected healing. That's the positive application of this aspect of the text. The penetration of God's word into our very souls, our our personality, our character, our being causes those aspects of our life that do not glorify God to be cut away. Oh, what a healing that provides. Romans 12, 1 and 2 say this, "I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, teaching us, conforming us, making us good and acceptable and perfect. But this requires being in the Word. This requires being in the Word. Whether you're reading it, being taught it, if you're listening to it, it requires being in the Word. Not just accepting that that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but to repent from your sins. In other words, to turn from sinful ways and present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Being in the Word so that you can test what the Word says, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God's Word. God's penetrating Word. God's penetrating Word discovers aspects of our life that does not glorify God. Oh, what mercy. What mercy He shows us by by causing His Word to affect our lives. What mercy it is that His Word will accomplish, shall succeed will accomplish that which he purposes and shall succeed in the thing for which he sent it. Oh, what mercy this is indeed. Not only is his word living and active and penetrating, it's also discerning. Point number three, God's word is discerning. 12c of Hebrews 4.12 Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The the idea of the word discerning here is to find out and judge. This is looking at the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is a discerning judgment of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That which is, is deep inside us which we think is hidden. Deep inside us, which we think is hidden. And for most people, perhaps our thoughts and our heart is hidden, but not to God. Not to God. The Word of God is living and active, and it is the living God discerning our thoughts and intentions of the heart. Friends, if we're reading and meditating and prayerfully considering God's Word, then we will gain tremendous insight into ourselves. We will experience and see it discern our thoughts and and the intentions of our heart. Oh, what mercy and grace we will find in His Word if we bend His will. it may be painful but God's word is God's word is truth and healing alive active penetrating and discerning and for those who are falling away due to disobedience this is a warning that God's word will discern will discern what they are thinking and the evilness of their hearts. God's word cuts through, penetrating deep into the heart of man, discerning and seeing what lies in a sinner's heart and they will not find rest. They will not find rest. Now that we've seen the the power of God's word, seeing that His Word is living and active, seeing that His Word is, is penetrating and discerning. We can also see that His Word is reckoning. His Word is reckoning. That's my fourth and final point. God's Word is reckoning. And for this, we read in, in verse 13, And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, seeing that his word is reckoning, however, changes our focus from from God's word, which is still God because it's living and active and it is God himself breathed out by God, but it changes our focus from God's word to God himself. God himself, as as a knowing and reckoning God. No creature is hidden from his sight. No creature is hidden from God's sight. God is all-knowing. God is all-seeing. Nothing is hidden from him to whom we must give account. Now, for the rebellious sinner who is falling away in disobedience, this Warning is dire. They are discovering by his living, penetrating, discerning word that they cannot hide. They are naked and exposed. There is nowhere they can go where they are not exposed to the all-knowing, all-seeing God. No place to hide. Nowhere where they cannot be discovered. No empty field. No expanse of a desert. No closet. No closet. No cave that can keep their their whereabouts unknown from God who knows all and sees all and they know there is no escape. They know there is no escape. They must give account to God who sees and discerns everything about them. No secrets are kept hidden. No thoughts are not given up. No intentions are undiscoverable. Indeed, a text that holds a warning that is, that is dire, their end. and For those who will not submit to God's word and the saving grace of salvation through his Son, there is indeed an end in a fiery hell. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen to these these scripture verses. God's word, Matthew 13, 40 and 42. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Psalms 112.10, the wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. This is God's word speaking to us about the end. Speaking to us about his word that is dire to those who are falling away, those who are disobedient and rebellious to his word. All is done for the one who does not submit to the very word of God, but to the one who submits to his word. The one who submits to his word, grace and mercy abound. Psalm 85, 15, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And faithfulness. Oh God, your word, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, I can find that in his word. Oh, if I just read it, if I just meditate on his word, if I just pray, Lord, open your word to me. Let me see how it's living and active penetrate your word into my heart father god discern my thoughts my intentions show me where i can i can grow be merciful he is he is a god merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness if you submit to his word then you also have accepted christ as your savior and giving your life over to Him. And that brings this text into a completely positive light. God's Word is living and active. As we read and study His Word, as we read and study His Word, we see the living God coming out of the text because it is alive and active. It becomes active in our hearts and in our lives. It transforms us and conforms us into the image of Christ, building into us the will of God, what is good and acceptable And perfect his word can change us teach us bring us reproof and correction and train us in righteousness this is God's word living and active God's word is penetrating for true hearers of his word who invite his penetrating cut it's an opportunity for God to gloriously cut away that which does not glorify him enabling perfected healing God's word is discerning allowing his word to discern our thoughts and intentions Brings, our light, uh, brings to light areas that we need to work on to better glorify Him, areas that can be cut away by His Word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? God's Word is reckoning, having the righteousness of Christ on us, We will not be fearful of an all-knowing, all-seeing God, a God who no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed, to whom we must give account. Because our account is not our own sinful life, but the sinless life of Christ. The sinless life of Jesus Christ given to us because he paid the debt. He paid the debt for us. sinful life traded by the sinless lamb who sacrificed his life for us paying our debt by dying on a cross. 1 John 4 10 in this is love not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins oh what love that is If you don't yet celebrate the Word of God because you haven't given yourself up to Jesus who died for your sins, then this text is a warning to you. Lest you fall in disobedience and be separated from God for all eternity in a fiery hell where there is no rest. Come to Him, find rest. Come to Him, find rest. Give your life over to Jesus who died for your sins. Confess him as your Savior. Turn from your wicked ways. If, however, you have received salvation, then this text should read comfort to you, knowing that the Word of God is living and active, able to bring to you completion, equipped for every good work allowing the power of God's word to work in and around you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your living and active word that seeks us out. We thank you for your penetrating word that cuts deep into our souls. We thank you for your discerning word that highlights and sheds light on our our intentions and of the heart, Father God. And We thank you for your reckoning word. For you are all-seeing, all-knowing. We are exposed to you, Father. But because of Christ, because of your Son, who died for our sins. Although we stand naked, we are shining bright in his righteousness. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.